Hello again, hockey fans. Are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Peladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. I thank each and every one of you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. Brave the Wild, of course, is also on the Hockey Podcast Network. I thank Dylan and Kyle once and always for having me on board. It is a great appreciation. I thank each and every one of you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back and forth with you once again today. Well, I woke up today. It was dark, cloudy. Now the sun's shining. All right. <laughs> Finally. Finally, the sun's shining, at least physically, <laughs> in the Twin Cities and in the Twin Cities here in Golden Valley, Minnesota. For the Minnesota Wild, not so much. It was pretty dark and cloudy and stormy. The Wild carve out one victory versus Columbus, and by the skin of our proverbial teeth, with a rare empty net goal, where last year we had a bunch of those, um, this year not so many. Um, yeah, well, the Minnesota Wild get through this week, one and three. So yeah, one game where the Wild kind of sort of tried and beat one of the worst teams in the league. Three other games where the Wild got obliterated by the Tampa Bay Lightning and twice by the Dallas Stars. We didn't get beat, we got obliterated. Pretty much uh, like no-shows in most of the games, honestly. Except for like the first period of the 4 nothing loss to the Dallas Stars of the rookie goalie in his first ever game. Well, it's a nice start for him, I guess. Uh, it's gonna, it's all downhill from here. It's going to be real easy now for uh, Matt Murray. Well, probably not. But yeah, Matt Murray, that name sounds insanely familiar, but it's not the same guy uh, as the Dallas Stars rookie goalie. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to our topics here pretty quick. You could probably guess, but I'm going to try not to babble on about just game reviews because most of these games are unreviewable. A 4-1 loss to Tampa in Exile Energy Center. The Minnesota Wild dropped below 500 in a ridiculous fashion. Um, exciting names here with the Wild's one goal. Zach Pagosian with his first goal with Minnesota. Ellis Goligoski and Ryan Hartman assisting on it. That's about all you need to know other than Marc-Andre Fleury had a pretty darn good week, I'd have to say. I, th- I thought he was pretty solid, making some nice saves and everything, but just not a whole lot of effort in front of him. Vasilevsky... Wasn't really challenged all that much. Only 23 shot attempts. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury made 26 saves out of 29 shot attempts. And then you had the empty netter to wrap things up for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Just, um, I don't know, an effortless kind of a performance. I'm not going to get heavy in the game review on that one. Just, again, an effortless performance. And I don't know, that's kind of been the story of the season of late. Yes, you have guys out, especially really important ones. But other guys can step up. And occasionally, this other guy named Matt Boldy steps up, which he did do versus Columbus. And he also had a few points last night in the demolition derby for poor Jesper Volstad, left out to a firing squad in Dallas. Yeah, it was uh, pretty, pretty, pretty lousy, to say the least. But yeah, Matt Boldy, who's kind of like, he's there, he's not there, he's there, he's not there. Um, talk is that he's more of like a sidekick type of a star, I guess you could say, if you can even call him a star. Yeah, he might make an all-star game or two or three or four or five in his career, but I don't know. He's certainly not hes certainly not anybody who's going to save your franchise. Uh, he was wonderful in March last year, but where was he the rest of the season, including the postseason? I, I don't know. I think you know what that uh, sound effect means. Yeah, that's pretty much where he was. 
Uh, the Columbus game, yeah, he, he decided to show up a bit in this one. Eighth place Columbus Blue Jackets, 13, 19, and 9. Nine shootout losses. The Wild have four shootout slash overtime losses. Um, or maybe you get one point, you get three for a win and two for uh what am I even talking about? Yeah, two, two for a shootout win type of deal. And then, um, yeah, and then zero for a flat-out loss. Um, yeah, well, we got the Professional Women's Hockey League uh, flashing in front of me right now. No Minnesota Wild, no Minnesota Timberwolves on uh, Bally, which is fine. Hey, hey, it's nice to see you got the Minnesota hockey team versus the Toronto hockey team. Um, yep, I mean, the, the the jerseys are fine. It's just that there's no logo, so that's the funny part. <laughs> we look like the LA Kings about 20 years ago, and Toronto looks like the Tampa Bay Lightning about, uh, well, kind of like now. They look a lot like the Tampa Bay Lightning, honestly. Go Bolts? No, <laughs> go uh, Kings. Kings are going to win this one, I hope. Yeah, we look like the LA Kings, definitely. Um, yeah, well, good luck. I hope this uh, hope this works out. It looks well-financed and well-planned and everything, so yeah, why not? Uh, it does. Looks like they got a shot at something this time around, and I'm surprised they didn't with the uh, the Whitecaps and, you know, in that league, but I don't know. Anyhow, sorry I'm distracting myself, but I know everybody wants to talk about it, so I might as well talk about it for a moment there. The Minnesota Wild victorious versus Columbus. This will be our last win forever. Ugh. <laughs> Jesus, criminy. Sorry, I'm really being inappropriate here. But the, um, I don't know, because I don't like to talk like that. The uh, Minnesota Wild, again, well, we're, we're victorious versus Columbus. You fall behind early, well, kind of early, with Cole Stillinger getting his goal. But then Boldy would wind up with multiple goals. Stillinger would wind up with multiple goals. Actually, in fact, a hat-trick for uh, Cole Stillinger. So we get a hat-trick. Goals number five, six, and seven for him. And the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets take a 3-2 to two lead fairly late in the third period with Marcus Johansson. Whew, by the grace of God, able to score from Ryan Hartman with the empty net. Again, a very rare empty net goal the past uh, year and a half or so. Like, it just died. It just stopped happening. Um, yeah, but Marcus Johansson with only his fifth goal of the year, which, again, is an insane frustration. Uh, Matt Boldy, 12 and 13. Again, the guy could probably have, like, 20-plus this year if he was, like, more of a consistent player. Just, again, it's the no-shows that just drive you nuts because clearly the guy has a skill. Uh, does Matt Boldy. Uh, Brock Faber, multiple assist game, getting his numbers up more and more and more. He's now at 20 points on the season, and he's on pace for 41 points is uh, Brock Faber. So, you know how they do the uh, projections and such. So, 41 points. That's an awesome rookie year for a guy that was not looked on as an offensive player. So, an, an insane positive in that light. But everywhere else, except for, again, Marc-Andre Fleury, I think he's been pretty good, ultimately. But he shouldn't be counted on as, like, the only goalie, basically. And then you got to throw a, a rookie elite prospect probably a, a year early or a half a year early to the Wolves against the Dallas Bleeping Stars. <sighs> I think he's mentally tough enough. He'll be fine. But it's just, I don't know, if, if, there, if it were to keep happening and happening and happening, oh, boy, yeah, well, then then maybe you might have to start worrying a little bit. Um, not not because Wallstead st- would, would stink, but because that could mess him up. Because, like, where, where the heck is the help here, guys? Uh, Marco Rossi, again, would get... Faber would have three assists in the game. And Boldy, even three points in the game. A goal and two uh, two goals and one assist. Marco Rossi would finish. Faber almost was offsides, but he was onsides by the skin of his uh, skate, I guess. Um, <clears throat> yeah, by, like, about a millimeter or so of his uh, skate, his, his blade of steel, so to speak. And uh, Marco Rossi ended up scoring... 
on a feed from Boldy. Uh, that felt awfully good. So yeah, Boldy had the puck. Faber was just about offsides, but <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, it was ruled a, ruled a goal. It could have gone either way. It was pretty close, but Faber was onsides. Again, well, you get the you get the point by a pixel on the on the monitor, and um, Rossi ends up scoring the game winner. So the Wild escape victorious versus the Columbus Blue Jackets, who again are one of the weaker teams in the NHL, much less the Eastern Conference, but in the entire NHL. Unfortunately, the Minnesota Wild have become one of the weaker teams in the NHL. Uh, we get back to 500, which in hockey is not good anymore. Back in the day, you could make the playoffs easily with a 500 record. Back in the late 80s, early 90s and such, you know, the golden age of gaming, in my opinion. Even though it was actually the silver age, but it's kind of golden for me. Golden age is about, uh, you know, <laughs> the golden age would be like the uh, late 70s, early 80s in overall with the arcades. But we'll talk about video game flashback on occasion here and there. Maybe maybe there'll be a question on that one. I intentionally leave myself cold turkey going into the, what do they call that? Where you don't have, uh, you don't read, you know, some some weeks I leave myself cold turkey so I don't, uh, <clears throat> so I get surprised by questions. If, if it's a surprise question, that kind of adds to the fun of it rather than like faking it, you know. But sometimes it's good to read ahead too because some of the questions might be tougher. Anyhow, speaking of tough, the Wild would lose uh, 11-2 to the Dallas Stars in the upcoming games. 11-2, yeah, that's what I said. 4 nothing, rookie goalie, and then you bring in our rookie goalie. Not quite the same situation here. Dallas is playing well, the Wild are not. The Dallas had not been playing well. Obviously, their starting goalie, you know, a certain guy named Jake Ottinger has not been available, and he hasn't even been that good this year. What's his goal against average, almost 3 and then, um, yeah, this year, which is really weird. Ottinger, usually you think like 220 or something. Save percentage like 92, 93, like elite. You know, one of the best goalies on the planet. And then, um, obviously, mediocre this year for his standards to below average, honestly, for his standards. But um, <clears throat> he's not available one way or another. And, the, you know, the Stars had not been playing super well. But then they play the Minnesota Wild, and it's like, well... It's kind of like the wild years ago when we were kind of, you know, we were kind of, uh, I guess, what we are now. Um, I'm going to bring up a small sound bite <laughs> very shortly here from uh, the, what do they call it, the fireside chat, where we're just kind of there. We're, you know, we're always kind of hanging around 500-ish. If we're not, like, in the playoffs, we're hanging around 500, and then when we make the playoffs, we're usually a lower seed, and um, we don't do anything. And even if we are a higher seed, we still find a way to lose in the first round. Um, fascinating history with the Calgary Flames. I'm I'm going a little bit off here for a second because I'm going to bring in the uh, soundbite, I guess, very soon here. Um, The Calgary Flames advanced past the first round three times since 1989 when they won the Stanley Cup. Uh, Isn't that crazy? So that's insanely frustrating, and that's kind of how it feels around here. Like, how many times have the Wild advanced past the first round since we went on our uh, conference final run? We didn't even win the Cup. We didn't even make it to the Cup. (laughs) We've advanced twice, right? Twice we beat uh, Colorado again, you know, <laughs> years many years later. What was it? Uh, 11 years later, we beat Colorado. It took 11 years. That's right, 11. And then we did it again the next year. And then ever since, uh, no. And, of course, we did get obliterated twice by the Blackhawks. Well, uh, the second time was much worse. We got swept. And it was like 3 nothing Blackhawks, like five seconds in the game. It was bleeping horrible. Whereas, I guess, the uh, after the Colorado series, that was a much closer... Uh, series where the Wild actually had a chance and then you had Stanchion Gate, the puck bouncing off the Stanchion to Patrick Kane of all people which was, you know, a death sentence and the Wild lost. Damn it. 
where the stars could have the stars the wild could have gone to uh, the seventh game and at that point the wild were undefeated in game seven so who knows we probably wouldn't have won that one but you never know um that hawks team was scary and they won the stanley cup again so thankfully they haven't won since good riddance the 11-2 uh demolition derby here I don't know. What do you want to talk about? You want to talk about the uh, effortless performance? You want to talk about the really nice first period that wound up with uh, Rupe Hints, if I ever say his name correctly, Mr. Wildkiller, along with Jason Bleepin' Robertson. I am sick of Jason Robertson. Every gosh darn Mickey frickin' time, the Wild play the Dallas Stars, Jason Robertson scores. Robertson scores. Ugh, it's like, go away. I am so sick of Jason Robertson. Ugh, what a body on the son of a gun, for crying out loud. Uh, Radek Faxa, not related to Derek Felska or anything. I know, I just came up with a dumb take there, sorry, dumb joke there, I guess. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, Jason Robertson again, of course, Ruben Hintz. He scores the goal about 10 minutes into the first period, and the Wild were like, ah, bleep this. And it was a shorty-headed goal, too. Yeah, it was a shorty, about midway through the... uh, First period, and it was just as if the Wild were like, oh, bleep it. We can't win. We, we can't do it. It was like, yeah, I don't know. It was like, a, it was like a, a political race where you have no chance. That's kind of what it felt like. I don't know why I just said that. I have no idea. But, um, yeah. <laughs> That's what it felt like, though. It was like, like they just kind of like stopped playing, it seemed like, after that great t- first 10 minutes or so. And then hints scores, and we took the hints and stopped playing. Um, which was lame. And yes, Robertson scored on the power play. The Wild were 0 for 6. <laughs> 0 for 6 on the power play and gave up two shorties. <laughs> what do you think? Isn't that great? It's fucking awful. 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 In every possible way. Rocco Baldelli chiming in his thoughts in the game there. Yeah, it's... That's... Yeah. I, I agree, Rocco. I agree and... Congratulations on uh, finally getting past the first round for the Twins last year and for the first time in eons. Hopefully they, uh, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Free agency with the Twins has been getting made fun of nationally now. Anyhow, sorry for digressing again, but what do you want to talk about? A 4-0 loss to the Stars? Is it fun to talk about? Well, I guess we have to, kind of. But yeah, over that's kind of all you need to know. Over six in the power play. Rookie goalie and the two shorties given up. I mean, did someone say special teams? Yeah, that, that's why I voted for the special teams. Like, uh, you know, are, are the issue on the on the uh, the poll last week for the Crease and, Crease and Assist podcast? Crease Assist podcast, sorry. I keep saying it wrong and stuff. But um, that's why I voted for that one. It was like third place. That's the funny part. Third place out of four. I voted for it for a reason because, uh, and that's why Derek said, you can hear him saying, he's not wrong. And, well, no. And boy, did, boy, did we... Uh, Get that shoved down our throats this week. Connor Dewar, are you ready? Ready for some fun? Ready for some fun? You know, like one of the bajillion reasons why the Wild uh, were a non-factor in this game. 11 face-offs, 1 win, and 10 losses. <laughs> Marco Rossi, 7 face-offs, 0 for 7. How? How, how could it be that bad? How can you be that bad? Our best guy, Freddy Frederick Goudreau, 8-8. Eight, eight and eight. I mean, nobody even had a winning record in their face <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Just wonderful. Freaking! Oh, excuse me. I am so disrespectful. Matt Zuccarello, one face off, and he won it. All right, all right. 
Sorry, I apologize. I apologize. I'm, I'm on my knees now begging for forgiveness. I am so sorry. No, I'm really not. One, 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 one win, ten losses. <laughs> I can't even put into words. You combine uh, Connor Dewar and uh, Marco, <laughs> one and 17. <laughs> yeah, I think we lost the game. You think? I think we did. Duchesne, seven, one. Fala, fa, faxa. I'm getting my facts straight. Uh, 12, sorry. 12 <laughs> wins and five losses. I don't know. I mean, what what can you do? It's it's at a point all you can do is laugh, I guess. I mean, what else can we say? What can we do? I mean, we bleeping sucked and all that good stuff. We we just did. Um, and now we got Adam Raska on the on the lineup as well. It's wonderful. Adam Raska with his one one what does he have? One goal in twenty games for Iowa. Oh, it's, it's great. One goal and no no like one point overall. Called up to Minnesota because he's so good, I, I guess. Um, yeah, and I haven't even gotten to the 7-2 game yet. Hmm, yeah, it, it gets worse. 7-2, but you know what? You know what's really crappy about this? This looks familiar. Didn't we lose 7-3 to these sons of guns earlier this year? And I remember like years ago in the, uh, uh, what was his name, Darcy Kemper era, 7-1, to one, you know, it's like, ugh. And it was like Dallas, Darcy Kemper versus the Stars. Let's see what happens, 7-1. to one. Uh, That was the one of the Dubnik year. Yeah, that was the year we traded for Devin Dubnik because we were losing games like that. Oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, if this is a playoff team, i got a bridge to sell you, and I've got oceanfront property in Arizona. I uh, Yeah, I do. And a tropical beach in Antarctica for you, too. That, that's that's about it. Did Rube Hint score? Uh, yeah, he did for the nine billionth time in a row versus us. Did Jason Robertson score? Yeah, he did for the nine billionth time in a row versus the Wild. I, it's just like, you know, Patrick Kane with the Flames. Flames. Patrick Kane with, him, with the Blackhawks. <laughs> the other guy with the Flames, that Jerome uh, Iginla. God almighty, every bleeping time. Oh, the Wild lost in overtime. Cursity curse. Who scored? Iginla. You know, that's basically what it was. Um, well, Boldy got a goal and an assist. Yeah, he did. He showed up, kind of, when he felt like it. Uh, Faber got an assist. He was on ice for a couple of goals, obviously, again. I mean, everybody was disappointing in this game. Even, you know, even Faber, generally speaking, had a disappointing week, except against Columbus. Even Brock Faber wasn't good. But what do you expect? It, I mean, it's going to be infectious, don't you think? In, in situations like this, a 7-2 loss, nobody's going to look good in a 7-2 loss. Nobody. Uh, Jesper Volstead gave it everything he had. He faced a firing squad, and he got blown away. Scott Wedgwood, well, he faced 23 shots and he gave up two goals. Oh, darn, I feel so bad for Scott Wedgwood. <sighs> Dang it, I'm sorry, man. But yeah, Jesper Wallstead, Jesper, Jesper Wallstead, or Wallstead, but Wallstead is the one I've been hearing, of course, from Russo, above all people. Um, all seven goals. When I saw that, I was like, oh, man. Ugh. All seven goals. All. <clears throat> Ouch. That's got to suck big time. But at the same, you know, I mean, it's. But at the same time, I mean, you you heard him after the game, very steady, very steady, doesn't look like a guy who's defeated and like, oh my god, and overwhelmed or anything. So, we'll see. It's a it's a terrible matchup, terrible timing, and it's kind of again like what else is new? Like when I talked about Josh Harding last week, 
uh, having to go against a firing squad when Detroit was like, you know, like what Dallas is now, like really an established, like veteran, like aging team, but really good players everywhere. And some really, and some young good players, which Dallas actually does have with uh, Robertson, but some aging players that are really good. Uh, Pavalski, all those guys. Uh, um, Sagan, Ben, blah, 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 blah. Sewer Suter or whatever his name is. Um, Duchesne, yeah, I don't need to get into all the names, but yeah, similar, where right? he went up against a really tough veteran team, and in that case, Stanley Cup uh, Roy- royalty and all that, would face like 42 shots, but, but only give up two goals, because he was a little more experienced than, uh, I guess, Kravalstein, uh at that stage. Uh, Harding had been in the AHL forever, basically, uh, at that stage, because, I mean, they were really, really, <laughs> they were really conservative about bringing players up back in those days, at times, uh, especially goalies. Um, Plus, I mean, Harding wasn't exactly looked on as like this franchise-saving goalie, and we'd had the uh, the two veteran goalies for quite a while, you know, and you had Manny and um, Dwayne Rollison, so <clears throat> guys like that. So at the end of the day, well, I gotta stop being distracted here. Uh, yeah, this was garbage. It, it was it was garbage. Everybody knows it, and um, it's time to embrace the suck, em- embrace the suckage, embrace the suck. Whatever it is, just, you know they're not going to tank in, un, in, intentionally, but I don't know. It's almost like the players were tanking without trying kind of type of thing. It was that bad without trying to tank, but almost looked like they were. So I think we do need to embrace the suckage. This whole talk about grasping for straws or whatever, like when my ta- like when uh, you know my ideas in the past can get have gotten shot down by certain people in the past, you know what? We're grasping for straws thinking this is a playoff team and signing these stupid veterans who aren't that good for long contracts that that are, you know, we're overpaying veteran players that haven't done anything. Okay? I'm, I'm just going to keep saying that forever. If that isn't grap- grasping for straws, I don't know what is. You think Marcus Foligno is going to find, like, uh, I don't know, Ty, uh, Todd Bertuzzi minus the uh, evil, like, kill people attitude? Do you think he's going to find his inner Todd Bertuzzi? Is uh, Ryan Hartman going to be that one guy we were comparing him to, <laughs> including myself, for a couple of seconds. But, I mean, it was a comparison where a guy was a first-round pick that ended up being uh, better than, you know, ended up finally achieving some of that first-round uh, uh, whatever, hype or whatever. Um, Gagne for the Minnesota North Stars, who come from the Rangers. So, obviously, no, uh, he's not he's not Gagne. Um, yeah. Gagne, God, he was a good player for the North Stars, wasn't he? Uh, who were the other veterans we're signing? Is, is John Merrill going to be Jim Johnson? Ooh, what a great trade that was. Greatest trade of all time. No, that's the thing. I mean, I don't know, John Merrill, why am I even getting to that name? But you could go on all day with some of these uh, veterans that we've been signing that, uh, you know, and like Zuccarillo, okay, fine. At least it's only two years. But again, it's that no-move crap. We're all sick of it. I mean, M- NMC, NMC. Marcus Foligno does not deserve a no-move clause. I don't care if you think he's the greatest alternate captain in the history of the world. Marcus Salino has not earned a no-move clause at age 32. And he's, you know, oh, he's an alternate captain. Oh, bow down. You know, so what? He's good. Yes. Well, no, he isn't. (laughs) He can be good. He's a nice veteran uh, and all that. Valuable guy in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, he's a good guy, but sometimes he flies up the handle like I've bitched and moaned about forever. So... Again, stuff like that. I, I think that's more grasping for straws than anything else. At the end of the day, I don't know. I just get, I don't know. I don't know why I get so irritated and all that by little things. But 
there's little big things as well. Again, signing veteran players that are either 30 or over 30 to for three or four years to, you know, like kind of more than you'd think they're worth. I don't know. Like, did Felino earn a raise? That's the question. Did Marcus Felino earn a raise? He had that one really good year about two, year, uh, two years ago. But that was two years ago, though. Did he, and, and it was once. It was once, and he was 30 years old already when it finally happened. I, I just, I don't know. And, of course, again, uh, Frederick Goudreau, freaking five-year deal. Five years for Frederick Goudreau. Uh, mm, I, I just, I don't know. Like, that's what people are saying, that uh, Bill Guerin may have train-wrecked the team by doing stuff like that, and it kind of looks like it. So, I don't know. I mean, are we even going to be able to keep Brandon Duhame? And do we even want to? I don't know. I mean, he's he's fine. At a, at a cheap price and everything, but mm, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. Uh, God, I, just, <laughs> I know I'm pitching too much about the same stuff over and over again, but what are you going to do? What else are you going to say? I mean, we're here for a reason. So this is kind of proof. Uh, heads just might roll in the not-too-distant future here if this continues. Um, might have to. Might have to in the next two years or so. When it comes to uh, if if this kind of nonsense continues, yeah, because it's just it's a dead end. It's quite simply a dead end. So uh, I guess I, I, if we're gonna, <clears throat> but I mean again, I guess if we're gonna suck, we might as well embrace the suckage instead of being stuck in mediocrity forever. Here is that uh, here is that fireside chat uh, line here that I forgot to mention been bad and the flames have never been that bad no and that's part of the reason why the flames are perpetually stuck in this zone of just being there in the middle at best you know like some years they might be a little bit higher some they might be a little bit lower but they're just there like the minnesota wild like they're just they exist woo you know it's our turn to be bad man yeah and that's fine like a Pretty much sums it all up. That sounds perfect. I mean, I remember, as he said, the Minnesota Wild. I said the Minnesota Wild. It came out like a millisecond before he said it. I was like, yeah, like like the Minnesota Wild. And then he said, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it's funny. And that's the Calgary Flames show that don't give a crap about us, frankly. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice show. But, I mean, yeah, they don't give a, yeah, they, they don't give a hoot about us. But he's just, again, that's, that's the whole point. There's a reason why they wouldn't give a hoot about us, because... I don't know, we're not, we're not scaring anybody, really. So, okay, I better start passing out awards. The Mike McDonough Award winner for this episode is Mark andre Fleury, making some great saves. He did get that, uh, you know, milestone win that tied him with Patrick Waugh. So, Mark, it, it has to be Mark andre Fleury. It can't be a single skater this week. Even Brock Faber was not too good, except for, again, that three-assist game versus Columbus. I was like, boy, he's on a head start for that award this week. He's going to get it for sure. And then it's like, no, he wasn't really good the rest of the week. But again, it was an infectious thing. It was like a disease. This whole week was like a disease, like a plague. Um, again, the Tampa uh, Tampa and the Two Stars games. Um, and then, yeah, Flurry was really good, I thought. And then Valstead, Jesper Valstead, if I'm saying it correctly, <laughs> was hung out to dry. Literally hung out to dry. It was pathetic. It was awful. It was horse bleep. <clears throat> so... Yeah, that's all you got to say there. Uh, the hmm, the uh, James Shepard Memorial Popcorn Maker, it's kind of like everybody. It's kind of like everybody for no showing. The frustrations with Boldy, you know, the up and down, you know, he comes and goes kind of type of thing. 
even Faber getting beat. But I mean, Faber's definitely not one of the lead candidates for it. He's one of the farthest away. Uh, it's kind of pretty much everybody, though. Pretty much every skater, generally speaking. It was a lousy week. Bottom line. Bottom line. With that said, we'll take a quick break. we got three games to preview. And, of course, we'll get to an epic fan interaction. So I want to focus more on that than previewing games and such. I uh, had to get my little, I don't even know if it was a rant, but kind of whatever you'd call this first segment out of the way. And then uh, I'll do very brief previews. And we're going to focus heavily on fan interaction. I think that's going to be a great segment this week. back here on Brave the Wild, but we're going to open things up with our sponsor on the Hockey Podcast Network, DraftKings, right here and right now. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice, (laughs) unlike the Wild, right? This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. So we're going to go over a couple of the lines today. I'm not going to go over every game. That might be kind of uh, interesting. Uh, Boston Bruins, Vegas Golden Knights. That's a pretty notable one. Vegas Golden Knights, we're going to go with the puck line again. Minus 218. The Boston Bruins are plus uh, 180. Arizona and Calgary, that's a fun one. I'd like to see that game. Minus 245 and a pl- uh, for Arizona, plus 200 for Calgary. For Calgary. Uh, let's see a couple other notables that might be fun. Vancouver and Pittsburgh, that's a fun one. Uh, Pittsburgh plus 180, Vancouver minus 218. On the road, pretty good. New York Islanders plus 225, hosting the Toronto Maple Leafs plus 185. So obviously, yep, I mean, obviously you can bet all over the place. So that's just kind of a sample of what you could be looking at for tonight, per se, Thursday, January the 11th. So do check those out for sure. (laughs) Uh, Back where we need to be, though, my apologies. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Isn't that great? Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network, of course. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.one. 800gambler.net in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for gambling, uh, for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 180, uh, 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and restriction, uh, eligibility and deposit restrictions, sorry, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024 now. Yep. All rights reserved. So, yes, have 
I'm going to stop saying that phrase. I don't want to hear that H and Y anymore. I'm sick of hearing those three words. I, I just, uh, happy New York there. Yeah, I, I don't want to, don't want to say, I'm sick of it. Move on. <laughs> it's it's time to say uh, happy anything else. Okay, I better get moving. Happy Philadelphia Flyers game on Thursday. No, Friday, January the 12th, pardon me. Philadelphia Flyers. Who is this guy? John Tortorella. Oh, boy. Is he going to curse us out? Carter Hart's definitely had a nice rebound of a year, and Samuel Erson, er, Erson, excuse me, also 2.46 goals against average. Carter Hart, 2.69. Carter Hart, 9.11 save percentage. Samuel Erson, 90.3. Two shoutouts for Erson, one for Carter Hart. Travis Konecki is leading the Philadelphia Flyers in scoring. Hey, Flyboy. 21 goals, 16 assists. Good for him. Sean Cotia, the former uh, San Jose Shock. 10 goals, 18 assists. Owen Tippett, very familiar name there with the Vancouver Canucks, if you know what I'm saying. 14 goals for him, 10 assists. Good for him. Good for him. Two power play goals in the year. The special teams, we're going to get to that in a couple of segundos here. If humanly possible. Noah Cates, injured reserve as of November 28th. Ryan Ellis, injured reserve as of October 11th. Jared Spurgeon, back in his... Uh, Back where he's been half of the season. Unfortunately, i got to cut it out here. Injured reserve. I'm not trying to be too rude. Vinny Letary might have a broken bone in his foot off of, uh, you know, a puck going off his skate on New Year's Eve. <laughs> HN, I don't want to say it anymore. Philip Gustafson also again on December the 30th. Yeah, injured reserve. Goals for the uh, Flyers are 23rd, Wilder 25th. Goals against, yeah, Flyers pretty good there. 8th, Wild 22nd. Defense like ours, what do you what do you expect, huh? Great great, great goals against numbers, huh? <laughs> no, power play, yeah. See, that's what I thought, but I saw only like two or three power play goals by the top guys. That's pathetic. Thirty first, even worse than ours, but ours gives up shorties too. Oh, for six versus the stars, it's pathetic. Their penalty kill second in the league, kind of like the North Stars back in the day, eighty six point three, and the Jacques Lemaire days at the Wild, who are twenty eighth in the league. Philadelphia kicked our butts way back on October 26th, one of Dean Evison's uh, final games there in that 5-10 record, 6-2. Uh, do I expect more in this one? I expect more from Philadelphia, unfortunately, but I don't know what to pick with this wild team anymore. We are just awful um, right now, but it's fine, I guess. It's not fun to watch, but I guess if we can get a good draft pick and wait and wait and wait. That's the crappy part. That's the one thing. It's not like the NBA, but even even rookies in the NBA usually don't do a whole lot, except maybe the top two or three. But I guess it's the same thing in hockey, huh? Yeah. Um, football, you have to be ready right away, pretty much. Um, I don't know, but yeah, me and Derek talked about that off the mic. Obviously, hockey players are 18, so it's a little different. For the most part, they're 18 anyway. Some certain college players are a little older. But uh, yeah. Philadelphia 2-3 and three in their last five, uh, most recently beating Montreal in a shootout. And Columbus in a shootout. How exciting. Otherwise, losing 5-1 and 4-1 to one to the uh, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins and the Edmonton Oilers who have been red hot. Actually, they lost to Columbus in the shootout and beat Calgary 3-1. Three to, three to one. Wilder won out of our last four. Philadelphia's not that great, but they're they're competitive. I mean, they'd be in the playoffs today. 21-14-6, third in the Metropolitan Division. That's not that great of a record, but it's good enough to be third in the division. So, go Flyers, I guess. Go Flyboys. Um, Flyers win the game, I guess. I mean, what, what else can I say? Uh, 
I don't know. It's not going to be a high-scoring game this time. I don't think Flyers get six goals. Will Will Volstead be thrown back in? I doubt it. Uh, no, they're not going to do that. Marc-Andre Fleury returns, but the Wild lose 3-2 to two to the Flyers. Most likely, guy to score, most likely guy to score in the game, Matt Boldy. And I do think I picked Matt Boldy to get multiple goals versus uh, Columbus. I think I did. I don't know, but I think I did. Arizona Coyotes. Oh, goody. A homecoming for certain players, except for Zucker, who's suspended, which is funny. Um, I don't know. I'm not a huge Zucker guy. I know a lot of people are, like, defending him and stuff. Yeah, but I know the guy he hit is a you know, much bigger problem than Zucker. I understand. But he up and suspended at the moment. Travis Boyd, multiple weeks of upper body injury way back in early December. Vladislav Kol... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't do it. Vladislav K... <laughs> week to week with lower body injury. So no IR or anything? Hmm, that was way back uh, around Thanksgiving. And I already talked about the wild injuries. We're sick of hearing about it. Uh, Arizona's tied with Philadelphia, 23rd in goals, 13th in goals against. Interesting. 10th in the power play, 18th in the penalty kill. We have not played them once this year. So this is the first time ever the Minnesota Wild will skate against Matt Dumba. Uh, Peter's almost freezing here. Hopefully nothing got choppy with the audio because Connor Ingram in an outstanding season, at least, well, sometimes. Four shutouts on the year. That's awesome. A save percentage 91.5. Goals against average only uh, 262. That's not even that good, but I don't know. It's those, he's kind of hot and cold, I guess, when it comes to that. Uh, he'll have those big, you know, he'll have four shutouts within some mediocre performances. Uh, Clayton Keller, who's been, uh, <clears throat> you know, he's kind of been the main guy the past... Uh, number of years now. He was a first-round pick years and years ago. Some years he's better than others. You know, he's kind of like that. He's good, but he's not like a... He's not a, a star. Um, 34 points for him on the season. 14 goals, 20 assists. Uh, Lawson Cruz with... Cruz, uh, if I'm saying it correctly, with 16 goals, but only 9 assists. Kind of Zucker-like in that sense. Speaking of Jason Zucker, 29 games, 12 points. 6 goals, 6 assists. Mediocre, right there with Jack Mc, Jack McBain, who's only played 24 games this year, six goals, four assists. Old, I gotta get out of here, Jack McBain. Matt Dumba with his fifth point semi recently, 38 games and five points. So, I think we've made our point. I'm, I think we've, uh, I think I've made my point. Obviously, offensive game is long gone, and we, that's kind of obvious. Definitely not the guy that he was, and I wouldn't give him six million dollars if. You know, gun to my head. I'd be like, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't say pull the trigger, but I'd be thinking about it. Nick Bukestad. Six goals, 16 uh, assists, 22 points for Nick Bukestad, former Minnesota Wild player, of course. So there's Minnesota ties everywhere. And then Schmaltz's alts. Remember him with the Chicago Blackhawks? Nick Schmaltz. 13 goals, 13 assists. He's been there for a few years already. But kind of cool to see Nick Bukestad jumping up a bit again this year, or jumping up this year. You see him floating around in fantasy at least a few weeks ago when he was like, you know, he was, he's definitely cooled off a bit. But he was floating around for as, fan, as a fantasy free agent, like a guy you might want to sign. Nick Bukestad. That's like unthinkable with the Minnesota Wild and pretty much other teams. He was a number one pick, though. First round pick, anyway, years ago. But um, didn't expect as much. I think the Wild put, yeah, you're going to see Wallsteed in this one, at least I'm guessing, against Arizona. And I think the Wild win the game. I think Wallstead gets his first win, and then he can start uh, chasing Marc-Andre Fleury. And Ken Dryden and all those guys, he can get his, uh, he can get started, get his first win, and then uh, it begins. I know, I'm just kidding. It's, we'll we'll cross that bridge, 15 years from now, if and when we get there. 
<laughs> if and when, hopefully Wallstead ends up being the best goalie in wild history, which he's got some competition before he gets there, believe me. Not that our, not that uh, things ended well for most of them, like Backstrom and, and Dubnik and such, but it's, it's some decent company. But um, the Wild will win this hockey game. And I think the Wild uh, solve Ingram, believe it or not. 4-2 to victory. Marco Rossi will score. And the Wild win 4-2 to over the Arizona Coyotes. Not expecting any blowout or anything, obviously, no. Uh, what's their final game? I know it's just three games. We're going to play against the New York Islanders. That's right. It's um, <clears throat> another funky one. Why am I being? Why am I feeling so positive? You'd think the Wild would get swept in this, uh, these couple games. What is happening? Yep, Yahoo's going to Yahoo again. Oh, God, they suck. <laughs> they're kind of like our power play. Yeah, they kind of are. Yahoo's like our power play. Look at that. It just sits there. What a freaking pile of freaking frick. So we'll give it a shot here. There. Okay, I don't know what I did wrong. But anyhow, the Islanders, yes, there's always people injured. Verlamov has yet to resume skating, according to the coach. that he was, He's been out since Christmas Eve. Robert Bortuzzo, I like that name. Rolls right off your tongue. Jan the third, injured reserve. Yep. Casey Sizekis, lower body injury. Jan ninth versus Vancouver, so on and so forth. So that's very recent, so we'll see what happens there. If he's going to play lower body injury, so probably not, but we'll see. 19th in goals is the New York Islanders, of course. 22 in goals against which definitely is a drop-off from where they were. This team used to be incredible about uh, goals against. But, uh, yeah, it's different now. Power play ninth. That's pretty good. Penalty kill 29th. Mm. And they are fifth in the league about uh, not getting penalty minutes, so good for them. The Minnesota Wild have 155 more penalty minutes than the uh, <laughs> New York Islanders. <sighs> wow, that's awful. It's awful. Um, the New York Islanders have won only one game this past week, getting crushed by Vancouver, Vegas, uh, Colorado. Well, not crushed by Colorado, but beat in Pittsburgh. And a 5-1 to one win versus Arizona, who I do think the Wild beat. The Wild actually have an outside chance of going... Um, the Wild, yeah, we actually have a chance of going 2-1 and one this week. Honestly. Uh, like The Wild can absolutely beat Arizona, and I think we can beat the New York Islanders. We actually have beaten the Islanders this year, even though they have a winning record, 18-12-10. and 10. Arizona's not been good. Islanders haven't been good of late. Um, I think the Wild win this game, believe it or not. This is in the X. Uh, Sorokin, who was looked on as the better of the two goalies in New York, as the New York, uh, New York Rangers also have a pretty good goaltender. Um, Sorokin, yeah, not a good season, but just the play in front of him hasn't been good either. Uh, 3.2 goals against average. Yeah, what the heck? Save percentage is 90.8. So again, it's the play in front of him, I think. He's stopping the puck, but there's just, you know, too much going on. Two shutouts and Verlamov, who's out with two shutouts. It's a decent goalie tandem, but it's been a weird year. Barzal, of course, leading the club in scoring with 30 assists, 11 goals, 41 total points in 39 games. It's a good season. Bo Horvat on pace. Uh, he's a point-of-game guy as well. 16 goals, 23 assists, 19 goals for former, well, for Minnesota anyway. Brock Nelson, uh, and former Vancouver Canuck again, uh, 19 goals, 19 goals to lead the whole club, 16 assists, 35 points. So the offense in New York is definitely there. Mike Riley, former Minnesota Wild and Minnesota Gopher runner-up, unfortunately, uh, on the other team that lost. Um, yeah, it sucks. Cal Clutterbuck, former Wild, yep, 
been like eons and eons now. That was a Nino Nita writer trade a long time ago. Sounds like ancient history. Four goals, to eight assists for him. At least he's not hurt. Uh, Riley has been in 20 games for the Isles with eight points. Okay. And the other Sebastian Aho with five points in 31 games. Not Nothing to write home about with that one. Uh, <laughs> now, Anders Lee, that's another Minnesota tie. 11 goals, six assists. It's just Minnesotans all over the Islanders, and it's been that way for many years. Either former players for the Wild or former Gophers or, you know, obviously, and then ties to the state of Minnesota. It's been that way for eons and eons and eons. Buffalo's one of those teams as well. <clears throat> Not that you're here to hear about that, but what the hell. I'll say it anyway, dang it. The Wild are going to beat the Islanders. Wild beat the Islanders. I think the Wild, uh, I don't know. I'm probably being overly optimistic. We're probably more likely going to go one and two. But no, nah, why not? I mean, we win some games and maybe, maybe somebody comes back healthy. Uh, it's not impossible to win a game. It's it's just not. It, it it can happen. I do think this team is not a playoff team. And I, I, I don't think we need to trade away draft picks and stuff to try to make the playoffs. That'd be the dumbest thing ever. Because yeah, yeah, it's not going to help. Unless you get a higher draft pick by making the playoffs versus missing. I don't think trading away picks is wise at this stage. Because <laughs> uh-huh. this team's not advancing past the first round. But what's the point of going crazy? We're just not. Uh, unless we're the 91 North Stars all over again. But I don't think so. That would be quite a surprise. Quite a story. I suppose the 81 North Stars was uh, most of the players on that team were insanely young, including the goaltender, who was like 18 years old, uh, Don Beauclay. So, pretty wild stuff. Don, Don Beauclay. Yes, uh, yes. We, oui, we. Oui. Uh, the Wild win 4-3 to three versus the Islanders. This one goes to OT or shootout, but the Wild are victorious. Mats Zuccarillo will score against the other New York team, the New York Islanders, and the Wild are victorious versus the Isles, and we sweep them this year, which is pretty crazy and stuff, but the Wild get the job done. Uh, prospects very quickly. I better keep moving. I apologize. I got a nice, juicy fan interaction coming. I don't want to babble all the way through all that. I apologize. Obviously, you had the uh, USA team win the gold. That was awesome. Had a feeling that was going to happen. That was part of the questions last week. Who wins the gold and the silver and such? So, yep, USA just looked so good. You know, it definitely wasn't a homer pick. They were just so on fire. You could kind of feel they were going to win the gold, and they did, especially with Canada out of the way. Uh, open things up with uh, our friend in Russia there, Merit Huznadinov, who will hopefully be skating for Minnesota as soon as next season. Or at least I think I clicked on it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Huznadinov again, yeah, you know how he'd been buried earlier in the year. That didn't help his momentum. 12 total points for Sochi, 5 goals, 7 assists in 31 games. For him, he's in pace for 17 points in 55 games. But again, the minutes have not been there. For Meritus Nadinov. So that's definitely a problem. No doubt about it. Uh, Petrovsky, obviously, again, what an amazing uh, World Junior Classic. Uh, obviously, did not get the gold medal or anything. I'm not sure what's going on, so I apologize. So, apologize here. It's just funky. Uh, <laughs> Yep, this is, again, thanks to, uh, yep, and we'll say uh, thanks to Elite Prospects and all that. Um, yeah, he had nine points, five goals, four assists in five games, but unfortunately lost, of course. He is a, slightly above a point a game for the Owen Sound attack, 30 points in 29 games, 10 goals, 20 assists. So about a great World Junior Classic for our friend uh, uh, Petrovsky. It was a sixth-round pick coming out of uh, Slovakia. 
Liam Ugrin. Liam Ugrin, the captain of the uh, Swedish team, and the uh, United States beat Sweden in the championship game. So the gold medal champions of Sweden gets the silver. Congratulations on the silver medal to Liam Ugrin. Two uh, Ugrin, Ugrin. Two assists for Ogren in the World Junior Classic in seven games. Uh, and so far for the Swedish Hockey League, still just five games, two goals. So he's got two points in both situations. Again, coming back from a shoulder injury uh, not too long ago. Honestly, that's why only five games. But at least healthy and getting started. Daniela Yurov of Russia from the KHL. No World Junior Classic, which sucks. But it is what it is, right? 44 games, 13 goals, and 20 assists. 33 total points. Yep, outstanding. He's on pace for 46 points in 62 games for uh, Metalurg in the KHL in Russia. Again, those are pretty good numbers for KHL hockey at the end of the day. Outstanding, I'd have to say, about that. So, we're going to jump off of one thing and move to another very quickly. Iowa Wild, yep, I, I wanted to get into the uh, the foreigners first, you know, obviously the overseas guys. Sammy Walker, six goals, 14 assists for Iowa. We'll have to wait and see what's going to happen with him. He might be a <laughs> quad A guy. <coughs> Fortunately, whoa, that just came up on me. <clears throat> 14 points for uh, Adam Beckman. Still, you know, just, I don't know. He, he, he reeks of a quad A kind of guy too right now. O'Rourke and Lambos. Eight points for Lambos, seven for O'Rourke. Just one more goal for Lambos, basically, in that situation. Spacek with three points in 22 games. Still developing again, only 20 years of age at the pro level, the minimum age to play in the AHL. And he's doing pretty good, I'd have to say. Uh, Lambos as well. So two guys that have a have a future in the NHL, uh, I think. I would like to believe, anyway, in the wild. Uh, unfortunately, the, it, it's a ways away for them. That's the crappy part. We're just going to have to wait and be patient. They're only 20 years old, but Lambos uh, is probably the closest out of that defense core to uh, squeezing into the NHL. Maybe getting a, maybe getting like a, a like a game or two here and there <laughs> because of this or that. But right now that guy has been Damon Hunt, but Damon Hunt should probably be playing for the Minnesota Wild regularly. But we're just you know we're stuck with a stupid you know Merrill Goligosky situation. Goligosky's off the books. Merrill's still on the books next year. So that's the annoying part. Merrill is still in the books. That's why I put him in the uh, uh, poll this, this next week. You'll hear about that very shortly as I'm going to try to move quickly here. Um, but yeah, I, I feel Damon Hunt should be uh, a regular with the Minnesota Wild. He's been fine out there. It's not like he's a disaster at all. He's not in over his head or anything crazy like that. Riley Height did not get to be in the World Junior Classic. Wasn't too happy about it, but it's Canada. And, Can- and then Canada also, well, I guess they... Didn't get to anything, so na-na-na boo-boo there. 71 points for uh, Riley Hyde. He just continues to be incredible. 22 goals and 49 assists. That's 71 points in the World Junior, uh, World Hockey, Western Hockey League. World Junior? What am I talking about? <laughs> Kalen Parker had a huge week this past week. I'm kind of bouncing everywhere. I'll come back to him shortly. Harvard's Harvard Healy with 10 points now past last year's season uh, last year's season totals in only 13 games versus 34 last year. So good for Ryan Healy moving forward. Uh, Jack Pert still only 6 points in 18 games now for the uh, St. Cloud State Huskies. Uh, Kyle Masters and Bankier in Iowa. Obviously, again, just getting going, but Bankier has been very impressive. Masters, you know, it's, it's early. Let's just leave it at that when it comes to uh, Masters. But he's been fine. 
Milne's out for the season. Regular ends with the Denver <coughs> Pioneers. Now 15 points. Good for you in 20 games for the left winger for the Denver Pioneers in his sophomore year. Seven goals, eight assists in 15 games. Not too bad. In 20 games, sorry. Not too bad. Hunter Hate, the other. Yep, not Hate, but Hate. He's been stepping up. He's been stepping up, yep, <coughs> for the most part. Now 37 games in the Ontario Hockey League. Second off Spirit, 17 goals, 29 assists, 446 total points. Almost at last year's total in 42 games. Let's see if he can <coughs> get past that pace and continue to become a better and better player. Jimmy Clark of the Gophers, now 9 points, fortunately. Kind of starting to get some points again. 4 goals, 5, uh, five assists in 20 games. So about half a point a game for the Gophers, for the uh, freshman there. Kalen Parker, who again has been a wonderful, uh, had a wonderful week here with the, <clears throat> had a wonderful week anyway with a bunch of assists. Now 21 assists on the year, 4 total goals, 25 points. And he's, a, he's a defenseman for the Moose Jaw Warriors. He's definitely been good there after being uh, traded from the Victoria Royals at the beginning of the season. Two, goal, two games and nothing there. But a right shot defenseman, Kalen Parker, who I believe recently turned, well, kind of recently turned 19. It's been a little bit. Uh, Pionk also, again, continuing at age 20. Now 11 points, 10 assists on the season in 19 games for Duluth, but 20 years of age. Again, later start. Kumpalainen, 27 points, 27 games. Yep, that's the same. And Scrummel, <laughs> first-round pick, who was, you know, not up to a great start. Not up to a great start, no. Um, he is at a, at a higher, he is at a faster pace than last year, but that's not saying much when he only had 12 points in 33 games. He has had 6 points in 16 games. In fact, he's basically at the same. 32 and 12. That was, yeah, so what am I talking about? It's actually right about the same. Um, and then another interesting brief take here. The guy taking two picks behind him, Gabriel Perot. Uh, that's been brought up with, the, of course, the Rangers. Yeah, billion-dollar Rangers. Boston College, 18 years old. 18 years old, right? A left-shooting right winger. <laughs> Interesting. He's the Riley Height, I guess, of that draft. Or, or of Yeah, he's the Riley Height of the draft for the Rangers, looks like. But maybe beyond that, at the college level versus the juniors, 25 points in 17 games, 20 assists. He's been outstanding. And, um, yeah, yeah, we're, gonna, we're probably going to rue that pick. Stremel versus uh, Perot. Uh, crazy. Absolutely nuts. Mm. Wow, Zachary Benson already in the NHL with uh, Buffalo, but that was the 13th pick. He was the fourth guy to be in the NHL already for the other. The top three, of course, made it, but Bedard's out forever, so he might even have the uh, Calder Trophy winner <laughs> in Minnesota with Brock Faber. That'd be one major positive going into uh, this. Uh, that'd be one major positive for this year at the very least. With that, let's take a quick break at Defend Interaction right away. back here on Brave the Wild. Let's jump into fan, direction, fan interaction ASAP at Brave the Wild at Brave the Wild. Okay, I'm going to re uh, refresh this quick because I left it open. <laughs> Just want to make sure everything's in order. Oh, looks like there's nothing new. Okay, so we'll go back where we wanted to be. At least I hope so. So on and so forth. Yep. Uh, 
Yep, so open up with the poll. Derek Felska, which PWHL rule, Professional Women's Hockey League rule, should the NHL consider adopting themselves? No trapezoid. Three points, regulation win. Two points, OT slash shootout win. And then, like, yeah. That's actually what it is. I don't think there is a one, but maybe there is for the loss. I don't remember. Maybe it's nothing. And you probably shouldn't get a point for a loss. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting way of going about it. That's, anyhow, no uh, player leaves box on a, on a shoot, a, uh, shorthanded goal, sorry. And then no rule changes, please. That got dead last at 4.5. Third place was no prepazoid at 11.4. Second place, player leaves box on a shorthanded goal, 15.9%. And then a dominant 682 Landslide for the three points regulation win. Very cool. And then I created a poll. Both of these polls, def- yeah, this is this is probably one of them. Uh, this poll has to be about as popular polls I've ever done in terms of votes and such. I was surprised. And I still got two days left. So we might have a different winner here. But because this is on a lot of people's minds. And I need to do this more often. It's fun. Yep, it's fun. I remember Derek was like, that's a good idea. And then, you know, we both kind of have been keep doing it. I, I think I started doing that like two years ago. And then I kind of was like Matt Boldy. I'd be I do it some weeks and not every week, which is a shame. I should do it every week where Derek has been very consistent on uh, the Crease Assist podcast. Here's mine. If you could remove a Minnesota Wild player, I didn't put that word, but you get the idea, and their contract, who would you choose? Comment your feelings if you like. Hashtag BDW, man, the uh, term of the contracts are after this season. So it's like three years after this year, blah, blah, blah. Jared Spurgeon, three years, 7.575 million per year, three years remaining. John Merrill, one year, 1.2. So yes, he's he's on contract for next year, y'all. Okay, I'm just kidding. That's the reason why I put him. I don't know know why I said y'all. I hate that. (laughs) Marcus Foligno, four years, 4.0. Oof, ugh. Four years, 4.0. Ryan Hartman, three years, 4.0. Okay, well, Jared Spurgeon is the leader at 33.7. Second place, Marcus Foligno, 31.9. John Merrill, 26.4. And Ryan Hartman, 8%. So people are kind of satisfied with him, but not really, if you know what I mean. Lots of responses on this one. We'll get to that right away before we get to the rest of the fan direction. Derek Felsky, and I kind of agree with this one. If if this was up, I would put Spurgeon, too. He says, I voted for Spurgeon. His inability to stay healthy, as you have pointed out multiple times in your podcast, kind of negate any contribution that you may have, considering that contract takes him until he's 38 years old. It looks like an albatross, and that is exactly the term I would use. You, like, hit the boom right on the bullseye. That was a good one. Yep. Yeah. I, I would vote for Spurgeon, too. Um, it's I wish we could. You know, like in a perfect world, you just, whoop, amnesty or whatever it is. Like you can do it maybe once a year or something, one single player, or once every two years even. I think they put that in the NBA a while ago. I don't know if it still exists. God, I wish you could do that. But anyhow, Nick. Nick says Merrill by far. Everyone else is worth their contract, arguably. Hmm. If Spurgeon could stay healthy, he would be worth the contract. He hasn't been that good. But, yeah, that's the thing. That's Then the other thing is he can't stay healthy, and I don't think he's going to. But, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the take, obviously, and Merrill would be nice to get rid of him, yes. You don't want to have him next year either. It's not as much as an albatross or Spurgeon. I mean, imagine him having Spurgeon off the books, you know. And I know where the problem also is, it's like, who's going to replace him? I, I understand that, but then again, 
we're we're already having to replace him anyway. <laughs> Stephen Miller, Felino. Yep. <laughs> Rick Zuccarillo. Yep. So that's okay. That's okay to put that in there because. You know, it's okay. I, I, you know, I mean, at least he's he's been contributing. That's why I didn't put him there. But I figured anybody has to say something, uh, or I mean, I mean, anybody's free to say anything there. Yes, Berwalstead, <laughs> S Z N says, I want the whole bottom three gone. Yeah. So Merrill Felino and Ryan Hartman. Matt says that's a, that's actually tough for me because I wouldn't mind the bottom three gone. Uh, Hartsey is a damn good utility player in my eyes, but I don't like that he's at four years with uh, or three years at four million. Yep, uh, Moose, I soured on his game over time. Me too, and especially with the extension. Me too. <laughs> Hate the contract, Merrill. No explanation necessary. Yeah, because he's a non. He just shouldn't be here anymore. Uh, Firearm says Spurgeon. If you want to really shake up the roster, which it may need before the Wild become true cup contenders, start by sending him off. I like that. Yep, and uh, I like that a lot. Wounded Loon, that's a cool name. All of them. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I wish, too. I'm going to follow you back here, or give you a follow. Yep, and I'm following some of them, but not everyone. I just want to check and make sure. Okay. So, the one that we up. So, Wounded Loon's a new one. Yep, give you a follow. Why not, right? Follow me back if you could. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, that's an interesting group there. That's the votes at the moment. I can't believe. I've never seen... Yeah, the, this one went pretty viral. And I, I really appreciate the reaction. I do. So, here we go. Nope, we're not ready for the lightning round just yet. Oh, yes, we are. I was saying, is it finally time to embrace the suckage for the wild, tag it, and so on and so forth? Here comes the Derek lightning round. Derek Felska lightning round hath returned. And let's get started. Are the Minnesota Wild their, oh, their own worst enemy? We made a tough choice with the buyouts, then burned the money by locking an old bones with no-move clauses. <sighs> yep. Isn't this like the movie War Games, where the only winning move is to not make any move at all? I think so. <laughs> I, I think so, yeah. I mean, what, what the hell were we thinking? You know, like, what were we thinking with this? You get rid of these contracts and then just sign some more albatrosses. Uh, like... Yeah, I, I, that's why this summer I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And it's like, I, I know who's going to replace them. Well, it's possible that there's, just give it a, you know, give other players a shot. There's got to be a way, especially when certain guys haven't done anything. And I mean, lots of certain guys, quote unquote, haven't done a damn thing. So, yeah, insanely frustrating. That is, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Derek's been hitting, Derek's been hitting a lot of bullseyes. Yep. <laughs> that's why you should check out the Crease and Assist podcast. Pew, right down the middle. Yep, that's, I mean, it, it's true, though. Next, no doubt the shootout era helped Mark andre Fleury approach and likely get past Patrick Waugh for second all-time in victories. Are there any other notable records where current rules help players achieve those benchmarks? Which, which records will be broken? Huh. Well... I don't know. I mean, one one thing where it's not players-related, but teams get more points than they used to. I think I was commenting about this on, on X, Twitter, whatever the heck you call it, uh, this past week or so, where like 100 points used to be a really big deal, where now it's like you could be the 6th or 7th seed and have 100 points. 
So like points are higher because of the whole shootout thing, no doubt. Because and, and I definitely don't miss the whole ties. That's boring as hell. God, I hated ties. I remember the wild with a mediocre wild team after the um, the playoff run, tie after tie after tie, two to two, one to one. It was so boring. Uh, just just get the point out of it. You know, it's like oh, it's boring. Um, it's a tough one. That really is tough. Mm. Are there any other notable records where current rules help players achieve those benchmarks? Uh, that's really tough. That's really tough to say, but I mean, I do think it's like the goalies, the goalies and the wins, yes. I think that some of those records can be broken. Um, if Fleury was able to play a little longer, you never know, but uh, he could get into first, but probably not. It, it might be like, that That might be a record that gets broken, the, the goalie wins, but uh, as to who's going to do it, it's kind of tough to say. It might be like the, <laughs> somebody on the Rangers, maybe. Yeah, maybe the Rangers goalie because they're going to win a lot of games for a long time, especially with the, the you know, they've been winning games. They've been drafting really well. It's a pretty well-run organization. They're not just about the money like before, just signing expensive players like before. So that's kind of one I could think about. Otherwise, uh, that's a tough that, that's a tough one at the moment. Um. That's a tough one at the moment. It, that, that might be one I'll like, I, I, I might get back to at some point on another show, but I, I think it's mostly favoring goalies winning. I guess as lame as that sounds, it's like a low-hanging fruit type of answer. So I, I apologize on that one. Um, that's a toughie. It has been reported that Merit Husnadinov is likely going to be coming to North America by Russian sports sources. Do you think Husnadinov gets sent to uh, to a season in Iowa, or will he uh, get the Kaprizov Freeman in place with the Wild right away? I'm leaning towards the Wild right away, for for, but then again, with the stupid uh, free agent signings, maybe not. But it's like if he was a defenseman, you'd think Wild right away, right? <laughs> you, you know, then you could finally make a move on like a John Merrill and such. I think he does come to the Wild right away. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Brandon Durham is gone, and that's kind of like the spot, potentially. Or even a Philip Goudreau trade. I mean, I you know, did I say Philip? Frederick Goudreau traded? I, I said Philip Goudreau. That's terrible. But uh, a Frederick Goudreau trade. Um, that's what I'm leaning towards, possibly. Uh, maybe wherever, <laughs> wherever Dean Evison is coaching, if he has a new team next year, like Buffalo or... Ottawa or something. <laughs> hey, here's 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 Goudreau, and then he gives us a first round pick, right? No, I don't know anything at this point. Like cash considerations, you know, at least you get him off the books and such. You know, he's a talented, he's a fairly talented player, but he's limited. He can only do so much. Uh, who's Nadinov? I think there's a bit more there. He's a great skater, isn't he? Great skater, great defender, um, bottom six definitely. But I think they find a way to get Who's Nadinov on Minnesota. That's my belief. That's my belief. Um, next, the Philadelphia Flyers were forced to cut bait because he wouldn't sign with prospect Cutter Gauthier and had to settle for an underwhelming deal of Jamie Drysdale and a second-round pick from the Ducks. Oh, Drysdale. Okay, yep. Will we see more players pulling a Lindros like this? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. I wouldn't be too surprised. Hopefully not one of ours, but um, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I, 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 I'm i not sure who at the moment, but it's like a, 
there's always a chance. I mean, it, it's it's not good. Obviously, heck, even what's his name? We ended up doing that. Uh, Jamie Ben, but obviously, definitely not as important as uh, uh, Gother. Go go there. Uh, so at the end of the day, definitely not as important. But I mean, I I think it'll keep happening. Yeah, I, I think players want to kind of have their own way and such at times. And I I think there's a lot of pride in this world, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit if it was uh, more of a trend than a mirage at the end of the day. Um, Derek Felska again. Yep, I'm the many great video games have great villains. The Dallas, yes, the Dallas Stars really seem to have become the Wild's biggest villain. Yep, like the Blackhawks used to be. Yeah, they're the they're the Blackhawks of today. Uh, what video game boss would you compare them to in regards to whatever hero seems ill-equipped to defeat them as we are of Dallas? Ooh. <laughs> Guts man. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's that's fun. I like that. Because um, I, I can't say Bowser. You're usually, you're usually fine. If you're Mario, you usually find a way to beat Bowser. It's more kind of on you, the player, with that one. But there's certain bosses where it's like, oh my god, you're just not ready to go. Um, I can imagine Ganon, like say in Link to the Past, if you're not ready to go. They're kind of like that. Like Ganon in Link to the Past is really tough. I, I mean, he's really tough. I, I, I've, I've gotten good at it, but it's been many years and I'm well equipped. I get the, the first time I fought Ganon, I didn't have the uh, Golden Sword because I didn't know about that. I didn't know you just throw it in the fountain of, uh, well, like the fountain in the pyramid there, and then she, uh, you, you, you throw your level three sword in there, the tempered sword, and then you get the gold sword in return, which is a huge, huge game changer. <laughs> you get a stronger weapon. Um, you kill Ganon faster, he's going to do less damage to you, and plus other ways. But um, yeah, if you're ill-equipped, it, it could be like the wild or like Link with still the blue uh, armor, uh, the blue armor. And the 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 level three sword, the tempered sword versus Ganon, um, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. Otherwise, gosh, like the Mega Man games have such tough tough bosses. Even a uh, freaking Gradius, Gradius, like the spider, the big the giant spider, uh, like robot type character. Yeah, it, it's like a you know like an alien spaceship type of thing. It's so freaking hard in Gradius three or Gradius three, whatever it is. That's probably more like what the stars are. That spire, it's so tough. Like, you have to do everything perfect. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, you, you're, you're probably not going to make it. That's kind of what the stars have become for the wild. So I might lean towards something like that. There might be a more interesting boss out there, like, um, I don't know. There's, there's some tough ones. Like, oh, like the rock monster in Mega Man 1. Holy mother bleep. That's that's probably it. It's, it's like a big bully. It's real tough. Like the the rock monster in Mega Man One. That's probably an even better choice than the spider. That might have been like the Blackhawks, the spider. Um where the stars, yeah, I, I'd say it's the rock monster in Mega Man One. In, in Mega Man three, he's significantly easier. Like you pretty much have to cheat to beat uh the rock monster. If you listen to the video game flashback review, uh, you use the elect man to get him in the eye when his eye opens, and then you have you press select over and over again and it'll keep uh, electrocuting the rock monster. It doesn't completely wipe out his energy because you have to, you know, like eventually the electric bolt will go away and then uh, you have to do it again. And obviously he go comes apart and comes flying at you to the other side of the screen. So that's what I would compare the uh, Dallas Stars to was the Rock Monster in Mega Man 3. That was a fun question. I like those. Uh, yep, at least once a week. Those are so much fun. <laughs> and then you could, we could talk retro games a little bit. Steve Snyder, up. Oh, looks like, yep, so Steve Snyder, uh, oh my, this is a, wow, it's a busy week, but it's good, though. 
That's why it's like I better shut up about previews and such. Steve Snyder, how important is the success? So it's like a temporary interruption of the uh, <laughs> lightning rod. So it's like we'll just do it in order, which is fine. Um, Steve Snyder, great to hear from you. How important is the success of the Iowa Wild to the big club? I understand Iowa's about development, but I'd like to think they have to win as well. It would be interesting to see how well the successful NHL team uh, farm teams do and if there is any connection to that model. Well, I remember Colorado, the, uh, what are they called? The, their, uh, their team was like the Eagles, I believe, right? The Avalanche, and I remember they were super high-end when Colorado was good. And it's like, you know, obviously they're not always going to be good at the same time because maybe some of those great prospects, they all come up, and then, you know, the uh, AHL team has to reload with some other good prospects. A lot of it, again, it's a sign that your management is doing a good job in terms of, see, it seems like we're too desperate to try to survive in the AHL by just kind of signing like 30-year-old veteran kind of guys that are career AHLers that aren't really going to help the, the Minnesota Wild at all much. Like They'll come up, maybe they're like emergency replacements for, for, for a few games during injuries like the Lucinis and such. Whereas, you know, you want to believe that it's like a really good farm system that's been building up. So, yes, I mean, success in the AHL, I, I think, is a good thing. It's you know, helps teach players to win. And they come up with a more of a winning attitude, more of a winning culture already coming to Minnesota after having a successful year or two in Iowa or whatever your AHL team is. So I think it's important, yeah. I think it's important, especially for the goaltenders. If the goalie's just getting, you know, blown away every night, they're going to die, you know. They're just going to struggle. They're going to... They're going to have a hell of a time getting anywhere uh, in the NHL if they're going through all that hell, like in, in the AHL. Like, I think Hunter Jones has been kind of hung out to dry a bit in the ECHL, but at the same time, again, I think his confidence is completely shattered now as well, which is really sad. So, yeah, yeah, I do think it's important. Absolutely. A good question there for sure. The lightning round continues with Derek. He says, uh, what do you think it will take for the Minnesota Wild to destroy their phobia of bleeping the bed against Dallas? Is it therapy? Is it the Glenn Stalmore versus Boston approach? Who or what do you think is the biggest key to break that psychological hurdle? I'm almost leaning towards Glenn Stalmore at this point. It just might come to that. where We just went bleeping insane and then all of a sudden we started beating them. We went literally like nuts. <laughs> that it might take something crazy like that. It just might. Like I am sick and tired of seeing Robertson and uh, Rubahin scoring against the Wild. It is just, oh, it just eats at you. It's so irritating. It's like watching some annoying little, you know, some annoying punk at work like get promoted when you know they didn't deserve it. That type of thing. Now, is Robertson a really good player? Does he deserve accolades? Yes. I'm just saying. It's just annoying though. Like the most annoying person. <laughs> Get getting accolades at work is dry, dry, can can drive you nuts. So, because it's like it's it's all the whole uh, Kirill Kaprizov competition thing, which can bug anybody. Uh, it might take the more approach because I can't think of anything else like outskating them. I I I don't I don't know not not with this team. Uh, you know, offense, defense. Either the Glenn Sommer approach or the uh, stalemate. Maybe shut them down so much that they get they get frustrated and they start taking penalties. But um, if only our defense could show up and play that way, play to a level that we could frustrate them to a point that they start taking penalties. That's the only other way I can imagine. And then uh, and then like a power play that I can actually do something. But um, 
I don't know. It probably might take the Sanmar approach at this point because six power play uh, attempts and we lose all of them. We failed on all of them. Next one, uh, defense and Brock Faber is getting to that point where he's reached the amount of games he'd have in a long college season. Do you think we'll see a lesser second half? As he might, uh, as he might be wore out from all the heavy lifting he's had to do thus far. That's possible. Uh, he didn't have a great week this week, but again, at the same time, I come back to thinking it's a collective thing. Like the whole team just struggled so much that it, you know it, it affects everybody. Like your your plus minuses and such. That's why people call that overrated a little bit. I think Faber is focused enough and healthy enough that he can hang in there. And, and get to a 40-point type of season, that type of thing. It wouldn't surprise me and be a legitimate Calder Cup contender. Like, he'll be at the table. He'll be at the banquet for it. I have a feeling he's going to be a, a, a nominee for it at the end of the day. Um, he's definitely not going to be perfect, that's for sure. Well, yeah, duh. Uh, he's, you know, he's definitely, he's definitely not been as good the past few games, but I, I can imagine him getting through this and getting to 40 points. That's my... Humble opinion there. Uh, Derek again says, uh, rumors are swirling about the possible NHL expansion to Atlanta again. Oh, Lord. Should they bring back the Thrashers as its name and logo, or should they go with something else this time around? Obviously, the Flames are taken. What say you? Why would they try it three times? I, I mean, the one team that should never have left should have been the the, the Flames. That's, that's a bummer that that happened. But then again, Calgary's an awesome market. But I suppose, you know, see, they could have probably had an expansion team around 1980 or so. Um, Atlanta, again, i definitely say a different team name. I, I think the Thrashers was kind of meh. I really do. Uh, question for you. Did you like the Thrashers? But um, yeah, maybe anybody out there, did you like the name Thrashers? That's a, that's a fun question. Um, God, I would have loved the Flames. I'm not sure what the name could be. But I would say, yes, go with something else. If, if Atlanta is definitely going to come back, and hopefully third time's a charm for their sake, because, gosh, three, you know, three times? That's weird. I've never seen that happen. Not even the Oakland Raiders had three chances, <laughs> which is funny. Um, but, yeah, something different. I, I think you can do better than, like, a little bird. You know, a Thrashers? That's a little bird. It sounds like a mean name, but that's all it is, a bird. Like, like a little river bird. So, yep, go with something a little better, whatever that could be, like a, I don't know, a, a flame wolf or something. I don't know. No, the wolves, the werewolves. Jay Bushy says that's a valid question to, yeah, about uh, Brock Faber. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Uh, MN Johan and Jay Bushy and Tom Hayen will wrap it up here. MN Johan, uh, Johan says, uh, I suggest we get a fan gathering together. Where we can, or where, where we all can burn, all our old uh, stars sweaters uh, and pictures of Norm Green as we chant, Norm Green sucks. Who's in? And it's like, yep, all of us, right? <laughs> Derek says, I like our Norm. Yeah, yeah, that would be a sad to do that. I'd, I'd be up, I'd be up for making a Billy Goat pinata, and we can give it a Norm Green sucks sweater or a mini Ryan Studer jersey, and bash it into oblivion. I'd be game for that. And I said, that would be awesome. Yep. <laughs> that would be funny. Jay Bushy says, as far as you're embracing the suck question, if they continue to play like this to the All-Star break, I think it's time. I do too. Um, I, I think a post-All-Star break tear could help them. Your thoughts? Like the Wild go on a run again? 
Oh boy, I don't know. Maybe you're thinking it's it's time. Yeah. Mm. I'm thinking this team is uh, at a point. Yeah, I'm like I don't know. I I don't see them. I don't see them making the playoffs this year. I think the ship has sailed. That's just my opinion, but maybe I'm just too negative. Yes, of, of course they can get hot again, and they just might go 2-1 and one this week. Heck, I predicted them to do so, which might be a little bit too optimistic at the end of the day, but um, I don't think this team is a playoff team. That's the, I guess that's my overall thoughts. I don't see this team making the playoffs, but hopefully we're not going to be stuck with like the 18, you know, like mediocrity, like 10th, 15th pick. I'd rather have like top five. That'd be great, if humanly possible. Top seven again, maybe. Tom Hayen says, uh, let's play a game of Minnesota Wild. Didn't hand out an N, uh, no move clause to every player that uttered I like it here. If the roster had zero no move clauses on it, which players should be jettisoned at the uh, deadline, assuming the team is laggers from the playoffs? I would say, uh, I would say, uh, at least a couple of the ones mentioned in the, in the poll, like Felino, Spurgeon, I think should be a, a name if he wasn't a no-move clause. Like, imagine we have no a no-move clause. I would definitely be up for moving Spurgeon. The only thing is I, I'm guessing people wouldn't want to take on the contract with his injury history, so that'd be a tough one. Felino's a guy that I think could, uh, <clears throat> well, somebody would might be enticed by bringing him in for the playoffs, uh, somebody, especially if the team doesn't pay attention to what Felino does in the playoffs, which is basically nothing at the end of the day. That's the one thing. <laughs> It'd be hard to trade guys. I think Hartman you could trade for sure. Hartman, I think, is a tradable uh, commodity. Merrill, like like literally for uh, literally for a bucket of pucks, you might be able to get that, maybe. But no, I mean it'd be like cash considerations, future considerations. That's that's all you'd get for Merrill. But I I would do it addition by subtraction, like today, and then you could have Damon Hunt be a regular, um, and then even possibly look at a Simon Johansson see if he can crack it in the NHL as a third pair type of guy, at least for a short-term thing. Who who knows? Um, I'd like, you know, minimum contract at the time. So, but yeah, it's it's like Felino. I think, is way way up there for me, and Hartman. Uh, Spurgeon, I would love to, I would love to make a move. Especially as, like, you have a Lambos or somebody coming up, but unfortunately, we're like a year, year or two away from that. Um, but at least you have Damon Hunt, possibly, to uh, be an NHL guy at this stage, hopefully. So, great questions by everybody. Thank you, Jay, Tom, uh, Johan, obviously Derek for sure, Steve Snyder. Really, really appreciate that and the interaction with the polls. So, really appreciate that. Uh, Shout-outs to Minnesota Wild Global, uh, Scott Cavendish, Minnesota Wild Nation, Patrick Turner. Really appreciate you. MNW Prospects, Pavel Bennett, Justin Bakke, Awesome. MNW Prospects and, of course, the uh, uh, MNW Young Guns, it's also called. So, really big shout-outs to you, and thank you again very much. Of course, Creases is podcast. Huge, huge, huge shout-out forever. Uh, Derek Felska, Talisha Tonsil, and Teresa Ferries. Great, great job on the show, always. With that said, I just, uh, we'll see. I, I'm going to stick to embrace the suckage. I don't see this as a playoff team, but I guess, I don't know. Maybe they'll They'll make it about bleeping winning again, I guess. We'll see what happens. We'll we'll uh, we'll talk about it next week, and hopefully I'll have another good poll for you, and really appreciate the interaction. Really do. Just want to keep saying that. Talk to you next week. 